Hello everyone, and welcome to the Amygdala Podcast, a podcast about critical matters that teens are interested in. I'm your host, Siddhant Karmali, and I'm a high schooler from California. In this episode, we're going to discuss the underrepresentation of the adolescent brain in neuroscience research. So glad to have you here. If you're interested, please subscribe to the podcast. The adolescent brain is underrepresented within research. A simple search on Google Scholar, um, searching for the term adolescent brain, returns around 2.05 million results, but adult brain or aging brain return 4.35 and 3.8 million results respectively. And on PubMed, a site that serves as a database for research papers written since the 1940s, a search for adolescent brain neuroscience, or sorry, adolescent neuroscience, reveals that only recently has this area of study come about, with only four studies being noted in 1984, and almost 5,000 in 2021, whereas the difference is a lot higher for adult neuroscience studies. There have been adult neuroscience studies since the 1800s. Based on current research, here's what we do know about what goes inside the brain of an adolescent. The mind of an adolescent is very like a ball of wet clay. It's very malleable, it's very changeable, but it's extremely messy as well. During the adolescent years, which are usually between ages 11 and 20, neurons in the brain undergo a process called synaptic pruning, in which the brain removes extra connections between neurons that are deemed weak, and this also accounts for forgetfulness. Like if we have a memory that we haven't used for a long time, the brain tends to prune it away. And conversely, neurons also extend to form new connections, which heightens the adolescent brain's ability to learn things. These new connections are in areas such as the corpus callosum, which is the area of the brain connecting the two hemispheres of the brain, meaning that information can travel throughout the brain more quickly and more effectively. However, so many connections in so little time put the adolescent brain at a higher risk for, well, risky behaviors, dr such as drug or alcohol use, that may lead to addiction. These actions may affect the memory and learning pathways of the human brain and lead to much poorer brain health in adulthood. Now, this does not mean that the adolescent brain is broken or a lost cause. In fact, it is quite the contrary. The brain of an adolescent is nowhere near broken. In fact, it actually opens its owner up to billions of new learning opportunities because of its incredible plasticity. And plasticity is a trait of the brain, meaning it's changeable. It means you can learn, that's what allows us to learn new things. And during an adolescent, during the adolescent stage, because of synaptic pruning and competitive elimination between neurons, we get a heightened learning ability, but also a heightened risk-taking tendency. So, if you're an adolescent, now's your chance to learn that skill you always wanted to, whether that be shredding on a guitar, speaking 10 languages, or scuba diving. However, back to the issue at hand though, we're talking about how adolescent brain is kind of underrepresented in neuroscience. So many studies that do include the adolescent brain 
actually don't make that their main focus. They are longitudinal studies that explore how the brain changes with age. While these studies are useful for understanding the adolescent brain, they seem to give it the backseat while focusing on how the brain changes in adulthood and in the later years of life. Thus, while we have made some good progress in the study of the adolescent brain, we've not done enough. We have only begun to uncover the mystery that is the adolescent brain. And the COVID-19 pandemic has only exacerbated the neuropsychological problems that teenagers may face, and thus the need for adolescent brain studies. As I mentioned, adolescent brain research is a dark horse of neuroscience. It's relatively understudied in the neuroscience community, but it is home to one of the most powerful stages of brain development. And researching it may open up new avenues of how to protect young adults who will inherit the earth and improve it. The COVID-19 global pandemic is exemplary in this aspect. The pandemic has taken a toll on mental health through ways including the virus claiming lives of loved ones, as well as the rapid change from in-person schooling to an online schooling setting. This rapid shift has impacted around 91% of elementary to college students, and about 1.5 billion students are out of physical school as of March 2021. In addition, the stay-at-home orders that many countries have given have shut down places that give mental health resources to young people. For example, in the United Kingdom, out of a sample of 2,111 people aged 25 years or under, 26% reported that they were unable to access mental health services because of shutdowns. This means that as young people cope with these rapid changes, where they're unable to go into a physical school where they are or perhaps unable to attend activities that bring them joy or worse being or having to deal with the emotional trauma of the virus itself um, they're being further disadvantaged because the mental health resources that are available normally to help them are less available And so it's clear that the pandemic and the associated changes to normal lifestyles have adolescents experiencing severe mental health issues. Rates of several detrimental mental conditions are on the rise, including depression, which is characterized by regular feelings of distress, hopelessness, and loneliness. This loneliness can get exhausting and draining, especially for young minds. A study done in, during the pandemic has assessed the relationship between loneliness and mental health issues in a sample of 51,576 adolescent participants worldwide. They found that by reviewing current literature, um, that the social isolation and loneliness associated with the pandemic could have far-reaching effects. They state in the paper that the risk of depression in adolescents could be higher for up to nine years after the pandemic is over. This reinforces the idea that predictability and routine are elements that are crucial to, to typical brain development, typical adolescent brain development. And so we need to minimize the environment conducive to mental illnesses and allow 
the, the adolescents to get their social needs met in the safest manner possible. However, while the evidence in the COVID-19 example does show that the adolescent brain is negatively impacted, it does not show what we can do to fix it. But based on current resources, I have here's one I will propose right now. We could use existing online data sets of brain scans and neuroscience study data, such as Open Neuro. Just to clarify, Open Neuro is a data set of, of brain scans. It was originally called Open FMRI, so just for FMRIs, but now it has expanded to include several data sets relevant to neuroscience research. But on Open Neuro, only nine out of the 631 categorized datasets are dedicated to the adolescent brain, and only a few more scans or datasets could be within adult sets. So it's clear that we need to have a more curated adolescent data online to use for studies. But for that, we have to get the adolescent brain to be part of more research hypotheses. As I mentioned earlier, in adult studies, like in the longitudinal studies, they're often treated as something to kind of bypass because those studies focus on how the brain ages. Uh, including the adolescent brain in their own studies is warranted because we have our own separate developmental period to children and adults. And once we do include them, we will learn a lot more and make sure that the deterioration of mental health during the COVID-19 pandemic is not repeated. Thanks so much everyone for listening in. This has been the episode of the Amygdala podcast titled The Adolescent Brain in Research. Please write any feedback at amygdalapodcast.com. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram at at amygdalapodcast and on Patreon at patreon.com slash amygdala podcast. I hope you all enjoyed and we will return for the next episode. Bye.